I'm Max, and you're listening to Zito Slapitas, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you race fans and or the lovable pit crew who supports the racers? We can't forget them. I'm Alan. I'm Molly. And I'm Max. And this is Zeta Slapitas. It is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie in chronological order and then spend way too much time analyzing them. And folks, I nearly stumbled over that intro because this is the first time in many episodes where we haven't had sheer chaos on the name introductions. I thought about being like, I'm obviously the driver because I'm a girl. But then I thought I'd save my sexism rants for later. Ah, might as well. Anyway, the movie that we watched this week was Right on Track. Yeah, it is. Another another race, as you implied in your intro, uh, you know, we got another Miracle on Lane 2 here, uh, uh, racing our second racing themed decom. This movie is kind of like Miracle on Lane 2 and Motocrossed shook hands. You know that it is of the shaking hands. It'd be those two. Mm, shaking it is. Hands. Yeah, that's true. Also, yeah. we I guess it's our third, really. It's really our third racing based decom. Yeah, motocross. Right. You could count ready to run if we want to include animals. Could be four. You know, I don't. Oh, well, no, I don't. No. I don't. No, that's the horses. The, the, <laughs> well, I'm Thunder Jam. Thunder. This is like their one horsepower. These race movies are. Many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, much like well, Miracle on Wayne 2 isn't but <laughs> probably no horsepower in the <laughs> no, fucking the soapbox car. Downhill Derby. Um, yeah. The, Just gravity, baby. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, much like Miracle in Lane Two, right, right on track is based on a true story. So yeah, fun times. Let's, We've had a few of this. Yeah, we have. It's really the, you know what this one. I'm gonna spoiler alert. I didn't hate. I didn't hate this one. Sam. The description of this movie is as follows. Fact-based drama chronicling the story of two determined sisters who battled the prejudice of a male-dominated sport to become world-class drag racers. Fact-based drama. Fact-based drama is a weird way to say that. Yep. That. Uh, listen, I only tell you and you, listener, what IMDb tells me. And uh, in this case, they started a sentence with fact-based drama. Don't, Don't know how much I love that. drama. Yeah. This movie was released March 21st of the year 2003. And I have to know, did either of you watch this movie as a kid? You know, you think I would have because I love a sports film and I really liked Seventh Heaven growing up, but no. Hmm. Are one of these people in Seventh Heaven? Yeah. Beverly Mitchell, the main character. Oh. She was Lucy I never watched Camden. that show. Lucy Camden mm. was my favorite of the Camdens. Hmm. I understand. I did I'm not sure have a favorite Camden. Up. Yeah. I did not watch this movie. Yeah, nor did I, nor did I. The top song of the time was In the Club by 50 Cent. Oh, Ooh, go show it. Yes. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your, your birthday. birthday. We're going to sip a card like it's your, your birthday. birthday. And you know, we don't give we a don't fuck because it's, it's your birthday. You find me in the club. In the club. Honestly, yeah. it's uh, like he's here. It's when he just when in the Super Bowl performance when he emerged hanging like a bat like in amazing. the music video. Incredible. Amazing. Incredible. Amazing. I thought to myself, I didn't know Fitty Cent still like wanted to do that. He has reached a stage in his career where he could he could say no. I think he produces a lot of music now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Curtis Jackson. The top grossing film of this week was the film Dreamcatcher which was a thriller. Now, you, both of you are looking very confused. So was I. So I did the liberty of, of looking up what this movie was about. And it was about 
a group of friends who went uh, on a vacation in like a lodge type scenario, like a snowy mountain lodge. And they had to deal with a particular event, a particular group of people. And I'm going to ask you two to guess based on the name Dreamcatcher, what sort of event and or group. Don't look it up right now. Oh, I okay. I didn't. I I wanted to know if I the trailer. That's that's a I ch- haven't looked face. at it yet. Okay. I wanted to know what the trailer look or the poster looked like before you started oh, your sure. plot. Oh, sure, 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 sure. It looks like a dream catcher on a black background. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm not gonna look at it. Okay. Okay. So your question is who do they who do they encounter? In, who do they come into conflict with? Right. Who, who is the who is the antagonist either individual or group? I don't want to give anything I away. I don't wanna be uh-huh. I'm gonna guess Native Americans. Yeah, the the obvious the obvious guess would be indigenous people, right? But uh, I'm gonna say aliens. You know what, Max? You're right. Fuck it's yes. aliens. <laughs> they encounter a group of aliens wow. who have been taking Damn over, it. as they describe it in the plot synopsis, like a plague. <laughs> so they're oh. like, are they? I don't. I didn't read more. Why I have is it to called Dreamcatcher? I don't know, man. Morgan Freeman is in this movie. Yes, bro. he is. He's a god. God is in this movie. He's fighting against aliens, man. I was so. I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling it was aliens. It was Dreamcat. Yeah, I mean, I do think Native Americans is too obvious. It's too obvious, right? Yeah, yeah. it's too obvious, right? Uh, Some of the news headlines of the time, both of which have to do with a very, a very similar event. So, literally on March twenty first of the year two thousand and three. Molly and Max. The war in Iraq officially began as ground forces moved into position to move into Iraq. It was a crazy celebratory movie for them to put out on that day, isn't it? Like, yeah. Weird yeah. for Disney Channel to. <laughs> yeah. In additional news headlines, sort of going in with the first one France's opposition to the war in Iraq <laughs> led to some just ludicrous. Freedom fries, Freedom baby! Fries. Freedom, Freedom fries. fries! What a fucking ridiculous thing that was. Freedom fries! Freedom oh my toast. God. It's Freedom fries. It's Freedom fries. Yeah, so those are the new headli- news headlines of the time. You ready to dive into Right on Track? I keep wanting to call it Ready to Run. We already watched It's that not movie. that movie. We it, already did that. It isn't that. You're right. It isn't that movie. But it just, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Anyway, let's talk about right on track not ready to run right on track the first thing that we need to establish in this movie is that within the first 20 minutes we get two time jumps because Mm. it starts with our main character erica meeting with her father as her father is about to go drag racing and erica is enamored with the drag racing culture she uh I would say would be an incredible addition to the Fast and Furious crew if only Vin had snapped her up mm. uh, in, an, in an alternate universe. I, I, I'm sorry. This is completely unrelated. But yeah. you mentioned Vin Diesel. And I learned a fact about him this week that I mm. didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I need to share with you. Maybe yeah. you both know this. Go on. Do you know Vin Diesel's first voice acting job? No, I don't. It was actually his first job ever as a lead in a movie. Vin Diesel. Is it Iron is Giant? The voice of the Iron Giant. Whoa. I did that not came know that. 
screaming back to me from the depths of my brain just now. Whoa. I'm going to be honest. I have way more respect for his acting now. Like, so long as he's not on screen? Or, I, I mean, just like, The Iron Giant's a great movie. It's a fantastic it's a movie. movie. It's a great movie. At the 72 minute mark, I'm in tears. It's so good. Anyway, that has nothing to do with literally anything except that I heard that this week and then you said Vin Diesel and I was like, I have to share a fun fact. <laughs> we love a fun fact. Hey, we do. I've got two fun facts for us uh, regarding this film as we go on. So if we love fun, fun fact, Mom, we're going to get more. In this initial scene, we have father leaving to drag race and we sort of get a mirrored situation where dad is going on his drag race. He's trying to win the race and he... And as he is racing, we have Erica, who is being chastised for no reason by two boys on bikes mm. who have a noticeable lack of training wheels, whereas mm. Erica's bike has them. She's like seven. So that makes sense. Mm. And they challenge her to a race. And now we're mirroring Erica racing on a bike with dad in a drag race. Mm. Dad hits the Nas, I assume. I know nothing about drag racing, but right. I do know I a lot about I the don't think there's Nas. I, don't I think, think she hits Nas. the Nas on the bike, too. No, they both, sudden, they do just, both hit the Nas. She just flies all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So fast her training wheels fall off. That's exactly mm -hmm. what I wanted to say. How fast? What force would you, you have hit, to take? You got to hit the Nas for that. Yeah. I agree. The foot Nas. It, it is just... The, the the speed with which she catches up and beats her competitors. Brilliant. Literally so fast the wheels came off. After this intro moment, which I thought was for a decom, pretty darn good parallels here. Well done. I thought dad's going to die, isn't he? But I'm happy to report mm. he doesn't. I want to submit this early. And we can keep coming back to this well because I will have ample opportunity. I want to submit to you that this might unseat the smart house dad for the best dad in a decom. Yo. He's pretty good. He's Bold pretty claim, good. but I don't immediately disagree with you. I mean, we'll have time. We'll go. We obviously, this is the very beginning of the pod. The very beginning. Of, we're not even, we're, we're tickling the tip of the iceberg here. But I think yeah. we'll, we will make a strong case for him being mm -hmm. perhaps the best dad in a decom to date. I'm open. I'm open to this. Uh, of course, outside of like the color of friendship, because like that, that's in a category at all. But in any case, we have a four year time skip here where we now have Erica wanting to be a racer. She wants to be a drag racer. And this entire sequence is intended to introduce some of the familial conflict that we have. We have Erica wanting to be a racer. Dad, fully supportive. Mom. Less so. She's not not supportive. I think she's more like you could die. Mm, that's yeah, fair. fearful. Mm. And a new player comes onto the scene. Younger sister. Courtney. Courtney. Who, I'll, again, we're going to submit this now. I think perhaps best sibling we've had in a decom to date. I actually don't think that's as hard of a prize to catch because most sure. younger siblings are super annoying we're also coming off of spencer breslin which i think <laughs> sweetens I, this one a moment in time i, I i'm gonna submit to you maybe my counter argument all right go on sophie oh i mean now, she's the best witch in the movie I, now, now here's the thing i think your argument is she's the best witch in the movie may not necessarily be the best sibling they i don't they, know they, I, I don't know than sophie it, they're very different they're very different mm -hmm. but 
Sophie is a high, uh, a strong contender. But I hear I hear you, and I do agree. Best witch yeah. in that series. Yeah. This is this entire sort of setup is to give us a first glimpse of Erica in a race, and she dominates. And the main antagonist of this film, the theme is sexism. Yeah, sexism. A man uh, appears, and he is sexism in human form because he's mm-hmm. like, "You're not going to let that little girl race, are you?" A girl? No! And you're like, all right, that's enough out of you, sir. We also have a a great introductory line when the announcer calls Erica Eric at first, and the mom has to correct the announcer at the first drag race. It's like, it's Erica. And then we get a little bit of homophobia and sexism at the same time when he's like, a girl, I guess that explains the color of the car. It's interesting Mm -hmm. because in my script of the film, it says... A girl, that explains the color of the car. We were afraid it was a gay. Mm-hmm. So that's what mm-hmm. my script says. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They must have edited that for time. Yeah, you, yeah. you I'm not sure which one of those though. they would have liked less, but yeah. It's mm. kind of like motocross again. Like, what's worse, a woman or a man that has emotions? Like, God, the, <laughs> equal, equal bad, apparently. You know, and, uh, but they, yeah, they don't go back to that place as much as motocross did, but they definitely. You know, it's aren't welcoming. It's better than motocross for one reason and one reason alone. It's because the dad in this movie is not the primary antagonist nor representative of the sexism. That's the true. dad in this movie is a support network and the core of the support network. And he is standing with his daughters against it. Yeah. Unlike in motocross, I don't have to like any of the sexist assholes in motocross. Mm-hmm. They try to convince me that I should like dad at the end but i don't because he's a sexist asshole i also think that it's in motocross it feels like the theme right that movie is about sexism right and so and 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 it's not about much else Mm. like i think that movie's good but like it's it's mostly about sexism and even if it's about like dad trusting daughter whatever like it's all rooted in that and so Uh i think that it can become I saw I saw a conversation in our Discord about this after that movie of like it could become a little heavy handed, even if it's like a good plot point and realistic. It can feel heavy handed when it's it's the only thing, right? Like, and it's just cranked to fourteen. And to your point, when it's coming from somebody who like is supposed to be a sympathetic character, I think the thing that makes it powerful in this movie is that like there's actually a whole ass story. These characters are developed beyond that like she is a strong character with a strong narrative and also there's a sexist piece of the racing right like Mm -hmm. but that's just part of the environment it's not the story right a contributing factor as opposed to the only one right Right. so uh now now this is wildly unrelated this question i'm about to ask you to but i am dying to hear your input which trophy do you think is the trophy you would like less the mighty apple or whatever the fuck this trophy is <laughs> that they're competing for. <laughs> Guy holding tire. Guy holding Very helmet and tire. tire. Very, Very big, big tire. tire. <laughs> big, uh, big drag tire. Guy holding tire. asking me which tire. one I would like less. Is this based on aesthetics alone? Uh, you know what? The qualifiers can be whatever you make them out to be. I'm actually just curious as to what qualifiers you as an individual are placing on these trophies. Well, are you Mighty s- Apple or Tire Man. Do I have to bowl versus drive a car? For no, no you, you, it, you, 
You know what? Yes, you have to bowl versus drive a car. I think I'm probably better at driving cars. I, I think you're, uh, if I were to take them at face value, one of them means I'm the national champion. Right. Yeah. And the other one means my town is better than the other town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to take, take national champion. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the right call. Fully agree. I, I think we go natty here. Uh, I also like the aesthetic of big tire better too, just for the <laughs> I, record. For the record, I'm going to make it a little hat. Like I'm gonna get a, like great. a, little, a little outfit for the guy. Seasonal outfit. outfits. Yeah, I'm gonna judge it up a little bit. <laughs> you could have a Santa hat. A little tie, perhaps. Like a Halloween a little, costume. A, a tutu. In like, the fall, gonna, he has a beanie. I'm gonna judge it, yeah. um, and I'll like it. I'm gonna paint the tire different colors seasonally. Mm. Like it'll be rainbow during June. It might mm. be you know like spooky colors at Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make it into a big pumpkin. Yeah, maybe put a flag on it in July. Like, I'll do things with it, so it'll be yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. I like it. You're, you, you are adding it and giving it themes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mighty Apple doesn't really open itself up to it. It's yeah. just a what fucking gonna, apple. What am I going to put a Santa yeah. hat on an apple? Yeah, put a hat crazy. on an apple. Okay, okay. Have you not met the wonderful volleyball by the name of Wilson? I think that the apple can be attributed to any number of an object. You just need to be, you know, along on an island in any case we all decide the national championship trophy i fully support that we get another time jump and now we are in what would be considered present day we have erica and courtney uh courtney now being played by one brie larson i could not make this look like brie larson i could like i know it is brie larson as in captain marvel brie larson but like i when she smiled kind of but like i really had a heart if i didn't know i don't think i would have figured out that that was Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. And again, Beverly Mitchell was of Seventh Heaven fame at the time, which was very popular. And she was Lucy, the second oldest daughter. Now, uh, I do have, this is a little bit of a fun fact moment for you. Fun fact! The characters Erica and Courtney are aged in this movie, Erica being 15 and Courtney being 11. I would like for both of you to guess how old <laughs> Beverly Mitchell was and how old Brie Larson was when they were playing these roles. Courtney looks pretty young, mm. but she could be a teenager. I have age blindness for. This is it. why I wanted to ask this question. I'm very intrigued. I will submit that Brie Larson was 15. Okay. And I will submit that Beverly, what's her last name? Mitchell. Mitchell was 21. Okay. Molly? I am going to submit that. It's 2003. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I could have done that math. And Okay, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at math, so I was just trying to... Uh, I'm going to submit that <laughs> Brie Larson is 13 and Beverly Mitchell is 23. You were both off by one in different directions for Beverly Mitchell. She was 22. Mm. And Molly, you were we spot on. Brie Larson was 13. And I only mentioned that to say they did a really, really good job of aging Beverly Mitchell down. I think so, too. I think she looks mm-hmm. young to begin with, but they did a much better job than like double teamed where they clearly looked yeah. 28. Oh, look at these 30 year olds. And they were supposed to be 15. Like she, she I think she looked maybe 18, but like close enough. She's also like, I, she, I, I mean, double teamed was her because of how tall they were too. Like the fact that she appears to be like pretty small in general, like they put a bunch of taller 
people around her that helps too. You know, it was like the opposite of the double teamed effect, which was mm-hmm. good. Uh, this reintroduction to our characters as who they are going to be primarily cast as throughout the film, at least at this point, is to give us one main thing, and that is that in order for Erica and Courtney to continue racing, they have made an agreement with their father that they will maintain their grades, that they will uh, continue to sort of perform, like meet social obligations and just effectively be like a good student. And if they don't, then there is a sort of tiered level of consequences that they suffer for not making their grades. And again, dad setting very clear expectations treating like a contract, speaking to his children as if they are adults and understand, I really enjoyed. I thought that was really, like, I liked that a lot. Yeah, I think, I think from a, but for a kids movie, it makes sense. It's just such an obvious setup of like, ah, the conflict, I found yeah. it, right? Like, it's so guess. obvious <laughs> that somebody's not going to make the grade. Like, I wonder if one of them won't have an A right. when they need it. But I will say, I think the way they handled that later was very good. So the the setup for this is, I, I would agree with you, Max, if it was more heavy handed than it was. It was actually, I think, done pretty well when mm-hmm. we get to that section in the film. No, yeah, all, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Again, we are at the outset of this movie being overtly sexist and laying it on thick to let us know that the drag racing scene, while Erica has made headway and has continually beaten people there is still a tone of sexism and lack of acceptance within the scene for her are you referring to little jordy i am referring to jordy how molly how do you feel about jordy specifically jordy's dad (sighs) well okay so she races this guy named jordy and his dad's a real asshat his dad's like Oh, you got to race a girl. Is she going to cry when little Jordy beats her? And I'm like, little Jordy should cry that you're referring to your 15 year old son as little Jordy. Like I'd be more upset by that than uh, losing. And then of course she does lose. And the dad is just the worst. And he's like, I told you girls shouldn't be in this sport. And um, you know what? Dad, again, being a good dad, she, she's upset and he's like you need to go shake hands because that's the right thing to do you know you lose with dignity and grace so she goes and shakes his hand and the dad's like doesn't matter if you lose by a second he says the opposite of vin diesel basically he vin just, diesel says to us doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile wins winning dad says doesn't matter if you get second or dead last losing's losing well, and well he, also, wait, he says one of my favorite disses. Uh, mm. You show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. <laughs> way to go there, champ. I think the biggest... <laughs> really uh, fucking broke a brain cell for that one, man. <laughs> like listen, losing's losing. That, that just... That dude just is but the worst. I think what is, like, the most mind-boggling about it <laughs> is, like... <laughs> Did she I not like just that line a get, lot. Did she not just get I second? Like she beat like a lot of other people to get oh, to the yeah. final race of yeah. the whole thing and he's acting like she couldn't even drive the car. Like he's acting so overtly sexist and mm-hmm. rude and um he tells her that because she is a girl, she should just quit. 
Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I like how we haven't mentioned that yet. He overtly just yes. says the thing that everybody else is implying. In my, he says the quiet part in, out loud. In my script, he says, you're going to get your period and attract bears. It's not safe with you on the track. Bears. Burr. I can smell the menstruation. <laughs> yeah. God. I, thank you. Thank you, Max. <laughs> I, how do you feel about Jordy? I feel like I knew from this moment that at the end she was going to have to race Jordan again and Jordan wasn't going to be a dick. Like, sure. it just seemed like Jordan didn't really care and that his dad was being the dude. Yeah, my read on that dude is that, like, even though Jordy is set up to be the, like, competitive antagonist, like, he, like, dad is the antagonist, yeah. right? Like, we actually don't see him. He might, like, laugh along. But there, even there's a moment later where he's like, dad, stop. Like, he's like trying to get his dad to like cut the shit out. And we don't see him sort of participate. He's, he is a, he's a willing, like he goes along with, but we don't see, which I think is interesting because it sort of keeps the competition separate from the like overt sexism, right? Like she's, she's going to race him. And this guy hasn't been overtly horrible to her. I actually think now that you're saying that, are there any kids that are overtly horrible or is it all the older generation? Cause it's the other, it's the other dads, the announcer. Like, I don't know that any of the actual teenage kids racing are that bad. We get are the kids one. at the bike. Are the, the, the bike kids are, are not great. Right. right? But if, if, if we think about like yeah. the racing yeah. of the actual um, drag racers, there is never anything overt. The only thing that happens is the first person we watch Erica race, which is pre-second time jump. He, like, literally in her first race, her competitor is like, uh, a girl, then slaps down his helmet. Right, sure. And that's the last time we hear any of her competitors say anything overtly. And I think the reason for that is that most of the competitors that she has raced, she's beaten. So they mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the room to talk because they've been beaten. That's true. She's, she's Yeah, she wins there. a lot. So yeah. it's... the. I think they do a really good job of painting this picture of competition exists here and people who are actively on the track recognize how good Erica is. And then by extension, what we get in just a second is how good Courtney is. Mm -hmm. But those who are older and those who are like the pit crew and the parents and the announcers are still operating under this mentality of drag racing is a boy's sport and girls shouldn't be allowed, right? Like yeah. it, it, it feels like there's this very other presence who's presiding over it and is very much con- separate from it. Uh, yeah. even, in the, even in the sponsor conversation that we have later on down the road, that is still a trend of like a sponsor breaking the norm of this otherness, right? Mm-hmm. So after we have this race and we have um, Erica lose, dad again says winning and losing isn't, isn't as important as being the best person you can be solid fucking advice you mentioned that earlier molly great advice and then here's something that i didn't necessarily jive with and i'm curious as to your your both of your opinions erica and mom sit down after this first race and there's a line that got me after mom's having this conversation with her and she's kind of beating around the bush and mom's like you know you're already so different like don't make your life harder than it has to be by being more different And I read that as mom being like, suppress the shit you like. Like, don't make your life harder for you. Like, suppress that shit so it doesn't continue. Well, mom also says something along the lines of like, why do you put yourself through this? Because like, Mm -hmm. she's beating herself up for losing. And she's like, 
why do you put yourself through this and make yourself feel so terrible? Kind of like almost like if you're not going to win, what's the point? Yeah, I think that it's I, uh, my read of mom was was mostly mom is really hesitant with racing. That's where I mm-hmm. saw mom's like focus and direction. So I don't think I read it as like a don't be different or like uh, like get rid of your differences. I read that more in line with what Molly's saying, which is this is post loss. Erica takes it really hard, and mom's like, why do you do this to yourself? Like if if it's this devastating to lose, why do you do this to yourself? Right. And I think that, I think that that is relatable for a lot of folks of like, I see this in gaming a lot of people that just grind a video game and it's almost, it gets to a place where they're almost like hate grinding it. Like they are so desperate to be good, but they're miserable because it's like this is hard and I'm losing and it's like it's they they're not even having fun anymore and it's like well if you're not having fun what are we doing here like and I think that mom is just seeing Erica be miserable in this moment it's like this was supposed to be a thing you did because you loved it and you were having fun and I'm watching my daughter be broken it's interesting because while mom is that way and we even see it represented with Erica with her like uh, the reaction timer for the count, the countdown of the race, the sort of like ready, set, go lights for, mm-hmm. for drag racing. She's consistently doing reaction timers. We see the opposite with her sister, Courtney, who from the get-go, Courtney is having fun in racing. She's enjoying it. She's very lighthearted. It is a huge counterpoint to what Erica serves us, which is intensity, seriousness, very little joy in the task, even not uh, having joy in winning. Let's not even say the loss is not even there. Courtney even mentions that Erica doesn't have fun even when she wins the damn thing. So we get this really interesting counterpoint of mom who's like, why do you put yourself through this? And Courtney who's like, but I'm having fun while I'm doing this. So we're seeing both sides of that argument. And that plays out even later when we see Courtney on the racetrack and Erica is the pit crew. And Courtney breaks one of Erica's records when she was in that age bracket. And Erica's super supportive of Courtney until Courtney's better than her. Mm-hmm. And then we see some of that conflict and turmoil emerge in that relationship dynamic as well. Because Courtney, to this point, has been incredibly nice. Not, not, a, not super annoying. She's done like some of the stereotypical annoying sibling thing, but not overtly to the point where we have things like skate better or God forbid Spencer Breslin, but I, I was just sort of intrigued by that being a nice counterpoint here. Yeah, I, I, it was at this point, I, I remember thinking to myself, so we have, this, we have this one idea that's been floated of like, is, is competition worth it if you're not having fun, right? Like, why do we compete? Why do we do these things? And like, if you're going to be miserable, in success or failure like is this worth doing this Mm -hmm. i think that's a really interesting theme that has a lot to it and you can explore right then we have this sibling comparison theme and i think that's a super interesting thing like you have somebody that's been great and now they have a sibling that's like just better than them and how do you confront your feelings around wanting to be supportive and and comparing yourself and i think that was super interesting i i then had this note of like don't do too much more yeah like 
this is where we see decoms just tack on like theme after theme after theme after theme after theme. And what I really want to give this movie its flowers for is that I'm not necessarily saying they didn't do too much more because I, I think that we I mean, haven't a few quite gotten there yet, but they all play together mm. so beautifully. Mm -hmm. there, there are a couple more themes that get added on, like like what we sacrifice for our passions or, you know, like there are more that we're going to talk about, but man, the cohesiveness and like actually these themes being here give depth yes. to the other, like they, they not only are cohesive, but like having one actually makes the other better. And like mm -hmm. there is depth to these themes that is really, really beautifully done. Um, and I, I was, I was really happy with how this all turned out because I saw it splintering in the beginning and I was like, ah, standard decom. And then I was so delightfully, uh, surprised at the end. They did such a good job of scaffolding this movie mm -hmm. in a way that made a lot of sense because I think for the three of us who have consumed what some of them have 43 decoms at this point, like the natural inclination is Jesus, just give me three things and then be done with it. Like I, I don't need more because to your point, Max, after this scene, we have Erica sitting down with, uh, Randy, 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 sitting down with Randy. And the conversation with Randy starts like around boy trouble. And like, she can't like all of the guys are intimidated by her and how she's like, there's not a lot happening in that space for her because of her time spent racing and her time, her time management, which she's giving up. Right. Um, which is then supported by her getting a note from her friend in French class that has my favorite note of all time, which is like chocolate and hot boys. Party, <laughs> so party this weekend, chocolate and hot boys. Lots of chocolate and hot guys. It's so Say good. less. <laughs> but chocolate is up. double underlined by the way. Chocolate. <laughs> And hot boys. Can I, I just want to say one of my favorite lines in this movie mm -hmm. was happening when she was with Randy. And I think this is a good example of how that sexism is just kind of sprinkled in throughout the movie and not like beaten into mm. you the way it was in motocross is they're on the track and she and Randy are watching and some other girl racer. Cause there's like one other one. All the boys are flirting with her and like fawning over her. And she says, you know, they act like I don't exist, but they're all fawning over her. And Randy says that's cause she loses a lot. And it just made me like mm. think about how the points basically, yeah, a guy likes you till you're better at them than something. Mm -hmm. And it's just the, that very subtle, like toxic masculinity, mm -hmm. sexism note yeah. of, yeah, yeah. They like that girl cause they can talk about cars with her so long as she doesn't beat them on the racetrack. Mm -hmm. But that also sets up, a, a future character we're going to meet in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Who we meet next is Tweedledee and Tweedledum, though. And they are two girls who play on the volleyball team who decide that they're going to say that a volleyball is a real sport. I mean, we've learned about it in Double Teamed. We know mm -hmm. about volleyball. Yeah, uh, that movie that, that was definitely about volleyball. Uh, that I, only about volleyball. If I had a nickel for every time volleyball was unnecessary in a decom about <laughs> a different sport, mm -hmm. I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot. But it's weird it's happened twice, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's weird. And they, they say to Erica, hey, racing isn't a sport. She crushes mm. them. Though. And then she, she destroys them. verbally she decimates them. And then 
crushes on the volleyball court. Okay, first of all, let's be clear. That was a stunt double. That was so good. The interchange <laughs> of the stunt double was so funny to me. Speaking of stunt double, second fun fact time. Fun fact! This is actually really cool, and I do want to share this with both of you. The real Erica and Courtney Enders were stunt doubles for Beverly Mitchell and Brie Larson, respectively, in this film. Oh, yeah? For all as, the driving as scenes. As driving. Interesting. For all the driving scenes. That's cool. I like that's that. That's fun. Yeah, that that's cool. Nice. That's really cool. That's great. I like I, that. I, when I read that, I was like, that's what a really like you're think about it. You are having a decom made about yeah. your lived experience and, and you get to go old. participate. They were in college. Like, yeah, it was a very recent like they were in AM, they were at uh, Texas A&M, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like coming to do stunt double work on a Disney movie. That's cool. That's, that's cool. really I thought that was such a neat thing. That is a good fun fact. We go from this volleyball scene where she crushes, she's good at volleyball. We don't need this volleyball secondary plot line. It's, it is going to come back up towards the end of this movie, but this just sort of introduces that. If I, I, if- I, I agreed. If I, I initially, after we get the like payoff, I was like, why do we have this happening? But I actually think the totality of it being one of the things that she is sacrificing it makes it worth it for me. I understand why it's unnecessary, but like, I, I like that eventually it's like, I'm sacrificing not just boys. I'm not just sacrificing dating. I'm sacrificing friends. I'm sacrificing my time to study for the test. I know I'm, I'm getting ahead, but like, mm-hmm. and I'm sacrificing getting to go on to this team and play this other sport. Like, I actually like that we get a breadth of things she's sacrificing. And so for me personally, I, I don't mind the volleyball uh, addition because it's it makes it not about it would be easy to be like I just want to date yeah right like that would be easy that. it would be easy to be like I'm missing out on boys and I'm glad that it's about more than that you know the next sort of section that we have though is money rearing well, its ugly head the real villain of decoms money <laughs> sure <goals. laughs> yeah um, and Erica sits down with dad and is like dad why can't I get a sponsor? Look at Jordy, who's on the cover of a magazine for, for drag racers. He's got sponsorships. Why can't I get one? It's just because I'm a girl. And I think mm. if I'm, I really respect this movie for having their protagonist recognize what sort of the catalyst is for her not getting what she wants and stating it out loud. I don't like it where they're like, I don't know why this is happening to me, which we get a lot in DCOMs. I like that we have Erica sit down and go, people aren't giving me the thing that everybody else is getting me because of a factor that is outside of my control mm-hmm. because I am a girl. They're not mm-hmm. giving me these things. And I really respected the hell out of that for this movie. They mentioned that Jordy, God, I cannot believe he allows people to call him Jordy. Um, <laughs> well, there's Jordy LaForge. I just would be like, it's Jordan. Um, I can't, they mentioned that Jordy's been on the cover of like teen drag racing magazine four months in a row. And I'm just thinking how as a magazine subscriber, I'd be real annoyed by now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, this guy again, this guy again, Jordy? Like, uh. what else could he have to say? Like, I'm sick of his cover poses. And after this scene with dad, we're talking about sponsorship for dad, it effectively confirms Erica's suspicion and belief. He's like, yeah, you're right. It's because you are a girl and that's not fair. Uh, but he promises he'll do things about it. We get a scene 
between mom and dad that I don't think makes a lot of sense. Now, a little bit of context for the scene is when Erica is playing volleyball, she falls and injures her shoulder and says out loud, I'm not going to tell anybody about it because if I do, then it means I won't race. Mom sees the bruise, sees the injury, and then confronts dad and accuses dad of pushing Erica into racing. And we've not seen that in the movie. I, I was nervous going into this scene because I was like, we don't need this subplot and that doesn't seem to be what's happening. But luckily, dad says, I could see why you think that. But, he, you know, like she's been passionate about this since she was eight. Like she has things in her that I couldn't teach. Like he comes back with like, no, it's she. She's amazing. She loves this. She's so passionate about this. I think kind of the point with mom's character in this scene and then also the one we already talked about where she was like, why do you put yourself through this? I think, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it almost seems like mom's fear of her getting hurt slash mom's understanding of what it's like to be a woman in a man's world is she just masks those feelings by being like, maybe she shouldn't race. Like why, why should she do this? And that mm. is what keeps coming back. And I think ultimately it's because she's afraid that Courtney's going to get hurt either physically or mentally. I think the only thing that I struggle with, with mom, I do think she's the weakest character in the movie is, and I get that like we're making a movie. And so you need to have this character, I suppose, but like knowing that Eric has been racing for seven years this feels like a weird thing for you to be worried about now. Like this feels like a thing you would have been worried about seven years ago when she started racing, not she's a vet that's won all these races. Like she's, she's been doing this forever. Um, but so it's weird to now be like, but she's going to get hurt. And I'm like, yeah, what about the other seven years? Like she could less experience. What happened then? Like, but I agree with you, Molly. I, I fully expected to walk into this and have the like dad's passion thing. And was like, we don't need this. And then I was, again, this, this movie continued to surprise me. I would say mom's going to do it again in just a moment. Uh, I kept getting surprised when I thought I knew it was coming. It, it, it turned on me, which is cool. Agreed. And then we just have a, we have a lot of these sort of racing cutaways. This next one is them attempting to sort of qualify for more out of state races is the impetus of this. And they are watching Jordy Jordan race. And he sets a record as he races. He's like, it's a sub nine second completion of a race in his division. Erica sees this is like, I can beat that time. Sure enough. She goes ahead and does. And then retaliates against Jordan. She sort of has this misplaced aggression where she throws tissues at Jordan's like, she'll wipe up all your tears because of what Jordan's father told her, right? This is that misplaced competitive aggression. And dad, I think rightfully confronts Erica and is like, I understand why you did it, but like not the thing to do. I mm-hmm. raised you better than I never thought I'd have to teach you how to win, which I thought was such a good inclusion here to once again sort of like support one, Erica's growth, and two, cement dad's status as a goat. I had two thoughts on it. I'm, I'm twofold. I did like what dad said. I like that dad said like acting this way like cheapens the win and like, you know, I raised you better. I get all that. But there's a part of me that's like dad will never understand what it's like to be her. And dad will never understand what it's like to be a woman in a man's sport. And 
yes, dad's a racer and he understands everything else about it, but this aspect of it, dad won't understand. And I don't think that was the right thing to do in that moment, but you also can't roll over all the time. Like at some point, I understand winning is the best vengeance. I understand like it's better to keep your head held high, but at a certain point also like, I think she needs to call them out for their gross behavior. This wasn't the way to do it, but I don't know. I kind of felt two ways of like, dad's right, but also he doesn't know. Also, Jordy shouldn't be the target. If I'm being, if I'm being clear, if I were to be the dad in that scenario, Jordan isn't the guy who said the thing. Jordan's dad is. So Mm -hmm. like I, the only other addition that I would make to this interaction would be dad saying something to the effect of like, Jordan didn't say anything to you. Is he innocent? No, he's a bystander who chooses not to engage. The real person who's like being the ass here is Jordan's dad. And in fact, as I say that, there is a part of um, Erica's dad's rant where he's like, have I wanted to tell off Jordan's father a bunch? Yes, I have. But I've held it in. But now, like, why? Uh, like, tell him off. <laughs> I, just, I just think that this, in terms of like, being gracious in winning and in losing is the right way of doing things is a good inclusion point because we get the karmic retribution in the next scene, right? We get the head to head race between Jordan and Erica where she DQs herself effectively for false starting. Mm -hmm. And it, it is a real sucker punch for Erica who has just gloated. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm not saying that what she did was right and you should be humble and gracious and winning, but I do think she should stand up for herself also. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody's saying don't stand up for themselves. I think somebody's, I think the message is like, don't be an ass when you won. Like, I, I 100%, I, I hear you, Molly. I'm like, obviously, neither Alan or I could understand either. Absolutely not. Yeah. I think that dad can empathize. Maybe we don't see him empathize, that so like this goes beyond just this one race. But I 100% don't think that was the time or the place and, and like the method that should have been right. Right. Because like even like even what you're saying of like she should stand up for herself. She should uh, not be bowled over in that moment. She wasn't being right. Like in that moment, she wasn't being target. Like she was winning. Right. Like it wasn't like when she stands up for herself is when it's happening. Right. Like, or dad should stand up for her. Dad should like step up. But I don't think that like throwing tissues at him and, 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 and also like suggesting like kind of putting down guys crying, maybe like that's not good either. Or like, I don't think you meet a negative with a negative is sort of where I'm at. And it's an interesting sort of setup because what occurs is we have her loss and we know that what happens when Erica loses is she throws herself fully into trying to recover, right? Her, her method, as you mentioned earlier, Max, is sort of like almost this like toxic downward spiral of like, I have to throw all of my time and attention into the racing thing. Mm -hmm. And we seed in this moment through the French class, which is coming back up, her sort of slipping away from a focus on the academic promise that she has made with her dad. And it's seated here. We don't get a payoff right now, but we have the first sort of uh, introduction because the French teacher has to take away her reaction time sort of gauge and test her. Yeah. I want to, I'm, I'm sorry, Alan. I just want to quickly come back to, I thought the pacing of this race loss was really good mm-hmm. because you can't have her lose straight up here. Right. Like, Ooh, yeah, you she needs to not lose straight up she jordy's beaten her 
then she has a moment where she's faster than him in the time trial. The, the payoff, we know that they're going to race at the end, that she's going to be, that's the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that's the end of the movie. You can't have him beat her here. Right. And so the pacing of having her lose because of her own action and DQing herself very good for this rivalry because now you're asking yourself like, well, I know she's faster, but she hasn't beaten him yet. Now he didn't beat her, but she hasn't beaten him. And so it, it really like sets up this three act of the races that is excellent. If he beats her straight up, it's not, it's not good, right? Like yeah. the, the momentum doesn't continuing. Yeah. Her beating herself is, that's a good point. Her beating herself does make more sense here. Losing is losing. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what dad said that's right <laughs> <laughs> the anti-vin yeah. diesel approach I, the, no, the anti-dom yeah. toronto also, i want it i don't think she should have thrown tissues at him but i do think no one ever says anything in this entire movie to any of the assholes that say sexist shit yeah and I it made me mad and I so agree. i guess like yes that wasn't the right thing at the very least when he, when his dad was being an ass to her, her dad should have said something 100%. at some point. Oh, like fully agree. it just made me mad that there was no full circle moment on any of the people saying any of the bullshit. And like, at some point she or dad needed to say something of like, you're just a girl. Well, she just kicked your ass. Like, yeah, there's you, you do get it later and it is a very subtle jab and we'll get there because it happens like in this moment of, of desperation on the opposition side. So we will get into it, but I do agree with you though, Molly, that it, while dad has a subtle jibe, it's not necessarily as overt or punchy as I think I would, I would like it to be as a viewer of him, like doing a full sort of like Michael Jordan slam dunk over the head of yeah. like, I, I, we didn't get that. I think there's also a good conversation we had of like, I think in this movie, it would be good to represent like standing up for yourself and, and, and dad, like dad standing up for her mm -hmm. and dad as the man, like be like the, the inside group, if you will, like opening that door and standing up and like fighting for her to be included. Right. Like, which he is by being there and all the things, but, uh, it, she shouldn't always have to fight that battle. Right. Like mm -hmm. she should have others that are more privileged to be able to do it for, her. but I think there's also a discussion around like, where do you put your energy, right? If you're in that scenario and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in that scenario. Right. But like, is your energy best spent like fighting with some ass hat that's sexist or in like focusing on beating some ass. Right. And like, I, I'd, I'd rather see energy spent on like becoming great and inspiring more girls to race right. and like, and the effect that she has had on racing, which we get at the end. Sorry, we're bouncing all around, but like, there's just a lot of good to talk about in this movie. I, I think. Um, I'd rather see like the impact she had on like other girls being inspired, which we do see a little bit later. And like the impact she has on the number of, of female racers after this success, all those things, then like energy be spent on like telling some ass head off. But I think in a movie, it's good to show standing up for yourself, right? But like, I think that there's there's good discussion of like, if an internet troll was there, where do you spend your energy? You know what I mean? Like, because they are no better than an internet troll. You're That's probably not going to change that asshole's mind. You know what I mean? Like, I guess just for like a kid's movie, I wanted there to be some totally closed. Even if Jordy says to his dad, 
stop, she beat me. Like, whatever. Like, just something for that guy to, like, get a little bit of shut the fuck up. I get that. That said, we do have some vindication coming for Erica. Because we have a sponsor approaching the family, the Ender's family, around, hey, my daughter loves what your daughter's doing. I would like for your daughter to, your daughter needs to show me something. Erica needs to show me something at this race. If she does, I'm, I will be able to sway those on the board with me to sponsor her. We get Courtney, who's excited. Dad, who's excited. They decide not to tell Erica. Good move, because she gets Smart. nervous easily. We get to Erica's race, and there the unthinkable happens. There is an issue with Erica's car. Again, I love this beat because it is so outside of Erica's control. Mm-hmm. And how she handles this, I think, is stellar. I really enjoyed this. Erica crashes. It is a scary moment, right? You're driving this this drag race at speed. You cannot brake. The only way you're stopping is by hitting a wall, or as she does, hitting a rope fence. Mm-hmm. She has to get hella vacked out of the spot, taken to the hospital, have x-rays done. How, how fast is she going? They let us know that at, as a child, so the bracket prior to her getting the faster car, it was 80 miles an hour. Jesus. So this one was going to be even faster than that. So let's just assume probably between 100 and 110 miles an hour. Uh, yeah. That's doing what? It's a quarter mile, right? Quarter mile. So yeah. she was doing a quarter mile in under nine seconds. Yeah. She lives her life a quarter mile at a time. Quite literally. Mm-hmm. She is what Dom Toretto wishes he was. True. Uh, so she's going wicked fast. Yeah. It, it's hard to like, I understand it's a very serious crash, but it's, it almost doesn't look like it and i don't know mm-hmm. if that's because it's a decom or just how it's shot or just because it's really hard to via screen grasp how fast they're mm-hmm. going um but i almost wish they had said that because it took me being like wait she's going real like this was bad because mm-hmm. it almost looked like she just kind of rolled into a fence and then like had to get hell i was like whoa and then i thought about how when you have the family reacting the way that they do you've got mom who is saying things like, my daughter's not going to race again. Dad, who is worried about his daughter's health because he was a racer, so he understands the implications of this from a very real level. And then I think what was most heart-wrenching for me is Courtney's response, which is to like stare at the window where her sister is because she knows her sister's there and has no idea what's happening. Like That scene, I thought, was very well executed. Uh, Can we talk about the crash for uh, just one more second? I'm really trying to wrap my mind around this because can you imagine being in a tiny car going a hundred miles an hour, knowing you're about to crash? That would be so scary. And I don't know what's scarier being her or being the parent. Like, and I don't know, have any clue what it's like to be a parent, but I can imagine as her dad talking to her and as a bystander, knowing he can't do anything but watch would be horrifying. And I think it'd be also horrifying for her just in the car, like, I, I got to hit this thing. Yeah, no other pain. choice. No, it's imminent. Yeah. yeah. That'd be very, very scary. Well, he's coaching her. Think about that. Like, you, you're coaching... I mean, even if it's not personal, even if, like, it, this is an adult scenario, you have to coach another human being, period, to, like, okay, you have to, as safely as possible, crash this vehicle. You'd think they would have had something like better to crash into. It's better than a wall. I mean, that that, that does. I, I mean, those nets are designed for that. Like the sand, the like they go into sand, which slows the like 
tire spin, it slows the car and then they hit a net so that it has some give. It's not like a hard wall so that it'll like, you know, crunch the front nose of the car. Like those, uh, it's, it's literally designed to be crashed into. Yeah. It, it's it's just, like a bent, like a, like a pillow. <laughs> oh yeah, just a, uh, yes, a, a, a wall, a casual pillow, like yeah. just a big wall of pillows or something yeah. would be nice. Just have two guys like big mattresses, yeah. like like Tinkerbell. I, I was thinking Tinkerbell. So we have her crash, and then her response after a crash. Thankfully, and there's no concussion. There's no spinal injury. The family gets back together. The uh, in the in the time that. Uh, Erica is out. Her pit crew, Randy, has welded back her because the the roll cage had to be snipped off by the jaws of life, effectively. And he has repaired the car. And Erica goes, "I have to do another run right now because if I don't, I am going to have too much time between the next time I race." And this is like a much more serious version of the yips. I actually really liked this part. Um, it really. I didn't dislike her character at all. I I liked Courtney more because Courtney's more fun, but I, I liked her as a character and I thought she was a well-developed main character. But this made me really like Erica because it truly showed that she is very passionate about this, that it kind of excuses some of her seriousness, I guess. I don't know. Like it, it made me, it endeared me to her more because she's, she doesn't want to be afraid of the things she loves. And it reminded me, of riding because I am a horse girl and I remember getting thrown off pretty badly during a show once and my trainer being like you're gonna get back on and you're gonna go again like if you don't want to compete that's fine but like you need to get back on and at least ride your horse around a little bit because that can't be the last time you're on the horse right now like you you need to do it again so you can remember that like that's not going to happen every time and it'll be okay. And like you can get literally get back in the saddle. But Mm -hmm. I really liked this scene that she's like, I don't care if it's not a race. I'm going to drive again just to remind myself that it's not all scary. Again, I, I I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I thought mom was going to pull her from racing, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is mom's fear realized. She was certain that Erica was going to get hurt. Erica got hurt. And I was like, oh, this is where this is where it's going to be taken away from her. Right. Where like she's going to be pulled away from the thing that she loves because mom is going to say it happened. You got hurt like you can't race anymore. And I was so pleasantly surprised when she's like, I'm going to do a run. And mom like got out of the way and let her do the run. Like I just like dad's passion. I saw it coming. It was like, oh, here we go. And then it it sort of swerved me, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed not not knowing what was coming in this movie. It was really it was very refreshing. So she does the run. She does it successfully. And lo and behold, guess who should see it? But the sponsor, the same sponsor who saw the, her wreck, who, who, who said he needed to see something. He then goes to the trailer as the family is having their burgers and is like, hey, I'm going to sponsor you. And the family celebrates. And as they do, Another class act from Erica goes, I have one condition. If you sponsor me, you have to sponsor my sister too. Which I, which I was like, first of all, this is wild. <laughs> it's just like the world where he's like, all right. Like, all right, it's fine. just crazy. You know what, though? I think that that changed her life. Because this is not the last time 
that Brie oh, Larson God. is going to oh, be around a lot of fast cars. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's true. It's not. Oh. Because, because of this action, Courtney Enders, a.k.a. Brie Larson, will grow up to be Tess, Mr. Yep. Nobody's daughter. Yeah, she will. In Fast X. Yeah, Hell she yeah. will. And she's going to have badass fight skills and very cool earrings that I would like to borrow. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you two, but my favorite part of Fast X was Dante. <laughs> Jason, Jason Mama. Momoa. I mean, Momoa. <laughs> Jason Mama. Mama. Jason Mama. Momoa played Dante, the best villain in the Fast franchise, in my humble Harder opinion. Grace. Harder grip. Oh, okay, so good, good, good. I knew so we all good. like Cypher, Charlie's there, but mm-hmm. Dante was very shit. different. Yes. Very yeah, different. Yeah, very different cyber. vibes, but chef's kiss. Even if you don't like fast movies, go see this one for Dante because it's, <laughs> it's, so it's good. fantastic. I don't think you'll understand fucking anything happening the, if you've not seen it, but he's but, great. But luckily, the first seven minutes are just another fast movie. So you'll get right caught 20, up. You'll get caught up 20. real quick. It's going to be great. Go see it. See Jason Momoa. Now, I first learned about Jason Momoa when he played Khal Drogo in Game of Thrones. Became a big fan ever since. In Game of Thrones, many, many characters, one of the worst, which there's, you know, a hard competition for who's the worst person in Game of Thrones, but I would say Walder Frey oh, could, uh, could be in the top three list there. He's pretty Artist terrible. Um, he played by Davis, David Bradley, who, uh, again, most notably known as being Argus Filch in the mm. Harry Potter series. Of course, we love a good villain in the Harry Potter series, including Lucius Malfoy, played by Jason Isaacs, who in Armageddon is Ronald Quincy. Oh my God, he is. That's right. Huh. Now, when I think big films such as the Fast movies or Armageddon, I think about the stunts. And I think about stunt coordinator Kenny Bates, mm. who worked on Armageddon. But would you know it? I know that name. He also did stunts for the original Fast and Furious. Oh, That's right, hey. friends. There's two Fast movies on this Armageddon. <laughs> oh, well, it wow. is a racing film. Yeah. It's a racing, racing film. How film. could I not? Also, yeah. a fir- an OG and the X. You know, we had to celebrate yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, we can all agree that the best character in the original Fast and the Furious films is one Brian O'Connor. True. Played by the incredible Paul Walker. May he rest in peace. Now, Paul Walker also did a few comedies. Does anyone remember when he was Phil Deedle in Meet the Deedles? I'm sorry, what? You know, I don't. I don't. You know, no, no one remembers Meet the Deedles. It was the a Deedles? It was a silly little comedy, and uh-huh. uh, Paul Walker was one of the main characters. But uh-huh. as good as he did, you know, I don't know that anybody did as well as the bear in Meet the Deedles, played by Bart the Bear. What? And yes, uh, I'm referring to an what? actual An actual bear. bear. I know Bart the Bear. Time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bart the Bear. How the hell do I not know about Bart the oh, Bear? Oh, you know Bart oh, the Bear. Bart the Bear. Ow. You you know Bart the Bear because he also played the bear in Homeward Bound the Incredible Journey. Oh, I do know Bart the Bear. Remember that part in the Incredible I Journey? Do remember when that they, part in the you know the sassy and shadow and Shadow! Uh, what's the what's He's the not, chance? He didn't make it. Chance is the uh Chance. The other one. Um but Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, I think the first movie to ever make me cry as a young child when Shadow limps up at the end. You guys remember that? And he runs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey was directed by Dwayne Dunham. And Dwayne Dunham has quite the range of work. Not mm-hmm. only did he direct, again, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, but he was an editor on Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Wow. He was an editor on 
Twin Peaks, hmm? and he was a director on a few things you might have enjoyed, such as Star Wars The Clone Wars, mm-hmm. Double Teamed, Ready to Run, mm-hmm. The 13th Year, Halloween Town, and Right on Track. There you oh. go. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine editing Star Wars and then also directing double teamed? <laughs> Jeez. What a, what Quite a... the rage. Quite the yeah. rage. I'm surprised you didn't go through Seventh Heaven, knowing that you were a fan, but I appreciate Double Fast and the Furious. I had I had I wanted to go Fast and Furious. Yeah. With Brie Larson. And yeah. then uh I when I when I found that I could credit an actual bear. I got very excited. <laughs> As of one would. Yeah, yeah. As one would. You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. Also, Seventh Heaven as an adult is crazy, and I don't want to actually give that show many flowers. <laughs> <laughs> it is a crazy show. Okay, so we now have Erica and Courtney are sponsored. We have a little moment where we see, as you mentioned earlier, Max, the seeding of Erica having an effect on little girls in drag racing. There's a photo uh, op moment with Erica and Courtney where a little girl comes up and takes a photo and gets a signed photograph with Erica. And then we get a montage scene across all different tracks as they continue along their racing circuit. We also get a driver's ed test with Erica where she takes her driver's ed test in the Ford F-150. Hey, is this what y'all's driver's ed test was like? Because she had to go through like a crazy obstacle course multiple times and then like... I just think she should have failed it. I like I I'm like I mean I guess she, she drove crushed. great, but like she's so fast, and I'm just shocked the guy <laughs> didn't fail her. Anyway, my, no, I just driving, drove on a regular road. My Same. driving test was like make a loop around this block and then like park the car, and it was like mm. congrats, you have a license now. Did you did you did we talk about this? Did you have to parallel? Yeah, I had to parallel. Uh-huh. I did. You did. Yeah. Now. Interesting. I did Can not I now? parallel. Not well. <laughs> I I parallel regularly Same. now, but I uh, n- I did not have to parallel as part of my driving test. Yeah, yeah. I had to parallel, and a, of course a written test. Yeah, mm-hmm. which makes so much sense because there's so much writing involved with no, driving. It was like, what's, what's the, speed the limit? color of the curb mean when it's yeah. blue? What's the speed limit if there's no posted sign? You, you know what, Max? That kind of thing. I don't oh, know yeah, I remember what the that. color of the curb means, nor it's what it is. Five on a highway. Sorry, no, I understand because you're colorblind. Not because you don't remember, just just that you can't see it. My least How, favorite what is time that for like? Alan to remind me that he's colorblind is when he's driving. Yeah. What? Is, oh yeah, I bet. Yeah. What? It, yes, Max. How does? How does that work? Yeah, he is so fun. I'm not worried about. Okay, I'm not worried about. I guess you can tell general color, so you know what red looks like to you. Like you, you've shared that with me before. It's not my red, but like you, you sometimes can tell like that's red. Right. Right. So I am comfortable with traffic lights because they go in a certain order. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, Although sometimes, although sometimes they don't. Yeah. When they're sideways, then things get a little dicey. Very hard. Yeah. 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 Then things get dicey. I guess I wonder, 
I don't think this would come up much in Orlando, but if you mm. lived in, in, in LA, this has come up all the time uh-huh. is like how you would deal with different colored curbs. Yeah. Because we do street parking constantly, right? Like yeah. this is very much the norm of our life. And uh-huh. so like, I'm constantly like, Oh, is that a red? Oh, is that a loading zone? Oh, is that a, like, it's regular when you're looking for a spot. I think that what would happen for me is, is I would probably have to find a paid parking deck <laughs> somewhere. Sure. And you, just just, look, you just look for the garage. You just, just wouldn't slip. do it. Yeah, yeah, I would just I slip. hear you. I hear uh, you. That, that would sort of be my approach, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but also, yeah, traffic light's not that big of a deal unless they it, are unless the sideways. sideways. Yeah, then, it makes then sense. It is, uh, then I have to pay extra close attention. Um, okay. We have all of these montages happening. We have a, and I'm going to sort of gloss over some of these events because this, uh, the impetus of this is to give us viewer and listener uh, the view of what Erica has to gain by not racing. We have her going to a party, her going to a school function. She brings with her Randy because she can't get up the gumption to ask Todd, who is the other love interest. Can I just um, say that Todd... You know that episode of Friends where Ross Geller has a big date, so he leaves on the crest white strips for too mm, long mm-hmm. because he really wants them to be really white, and then they like literally are glow in the dark because they're so white. Mm-hmm. That is what Todd has done. He has the whitest <laughs> yeah, teeth. White teeth, like mm. shockingly white teeth. Very reflective. I couldn't stop looking at them. They were so white. <laughs> mm. And I appreciate good dental hygiene. You know, oral hygiene is important. But like, I was like, my God, man. And all I can think about is that episode of Friends where Ross mm-hmm. goes to a girl's house to choose a black a black light. light. Yeah. <laughs> Who has a lava lamp? It's 1999. <laughs> and now I'm thinking about how old the show Friends is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this movie was four years after that episode. So we have all of these things occurring. And the result of that is now that Erica is getting her racing uh her racing efforts are rewarded and she's being a little bit more social. Her grades are dipping. She gets a progress report where she has a B in one of her class. And if you will recall, the contract that she made with her father earlier is that if she could say B, that means there is no out of state racing, which she needs to do in order to qualify for nationals. She meets with the parents. Parents stand strong by saying, Hey, you've got a B on the progress report. If this continues, you will not be able to race out of state until you pull that up to an A, which requires an A on the final. So she sets herself to study for the final, which is really mostly like she's working with Todd on a Duolingo style situation. I I, I gotta say, this is very elementary French because I knew the words they were saying Mm. and I didn't take French after fourth grade. Like (laughs) he's teaching her like the word apple, palm. Like it's all the fate, like the, the parts of the face like it's like the first thing you learn in it's getting language. a little like sexy it's sexy Ooh. though because he's like eyes fromage no omelette yeah. de fromage Lips. omelette you think cheese over there de fromage pompimus omelette with cheese yeah have you neither of you seen that Dexter's Lab episode? Yes, I, of course. I know the Almaty Fromage episode. Of course. Of course I grew up on Cartoon Network, Alan. Come on. De fromage. Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls. Oh my gosh. Foulet, Foucault. Cow- Sugar, Cowboy Dog. and everything Sisma. nice. Yeah. Foulet, and a little bit of... Avec moi. Wow. Uh, okay, well, a little different, but still omelette de fromage. Can I... So, um, I I'm so sorry. I'm just going to quickly mention this. 
I thought the Randy can we date thing was yeah. weird yeah. at the end of the party. She yeah. takes Randy to the party and then she brings him back home and he's like, you ever want a date? And it's like, she's like, you're like my brother. I kind of, I, I don't know why that's in this movie. Like, I think the party, they could go and have a great time. I'm, I'm glad it's there for reasons I mentioned earlier. I, I guess the Todd thing is fine because that's something she really cares about and is sacrificing. But I thought the like my pit crew Basic brother, basically my brother, best friend is to, I, unnecessary. I didn't, I don't, I didn't care about that. I agree. I don't need it, but I also appreciated Randy's response. Sure. Oh, just like, yeah, I okay. Agree. Like, and then they continue to be, because I actually, once again, this movie surprised me the way it's been surprising you thought, oh, Randy's going to quit or there's mm. going to be tension with the pit and it doesn't happen. It just like yeah, continues he's on as, as you know, so I appreciated that because often in the friend, uh, the friend zone mm. conversation, it gets Yep. Dicey and such. So 100 agree. agree. We didn't need it. Yeah, I think that it, it exists for maybe one of two reasons. One, like you both have mentioned, to show like there it is possible to have a friendship between a heterosexual male and a heterosexual female. It is, is it? it uh, is hold on. Hold whoa, whoa, on, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and secondarily i think it was there to answer any questions the audience had of like well why don't they just date each other right i think like it served both of those purposes i thought they were setting it up for them to actually date at the end before mm-hmm. we met mm-hmm. me too mm-hmm. yeah interesting I, I i never saw that but like i can i can i guess i hear what you're saying there so we have all of these things sort of coalescing and at the same time she's she's studying for this french exam she has to get an a and we introduce Hey, you want to cheat? It's not cheating. It's not cheating. Hey, you want to have a study guide that is the exact answers on the questions that you might be asked? Maybe the teacher should change the test. Maybe, maybe if she, all she does is memorize that and then the teacher changes the test, she looks like an idiot. But I think, I think using an old test is not cheating. I I think that the movie is trying to tell you it's cheating. No, 100%. 100%. But it's not. And you know what? She takes the moral high ground. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Um, but it's not cheating. I agree. I, I actually have a lot of issues with this whole French test situation. Here are my issues. What? Okay. Ba- basically what happens is, yeah, her, her bestie is like, my sister had this teacher a few years ago. He never changes the final. Here's a copy of the, the test. Right? What? I don't think that's cheating at all. Because... She's not bringing it into the test with her. She just could use it to study and see what the format is and see what kind of questions are asked. And if still she got to memorize it, if she's got to memorize a few answers along the way, I thought they were setting it up for her to memorize it. And then the teacher have changed the test. Mm. And then she looks like an idiot. She bombs. Yeah. As but, somebody that cheated, that wasn't cheating. <laughs> yeah. I didn't cheat. <laughs> Glad I did. I didn't cheat, but we absolutely had this in my sorority. We had a library of old tests and old stuff. Cause it was like, this is fair game. Yeah. So I don't think that's cheating at all. Number two, she has a B and she needs to qualify for nationals. And I understand. And, and spoiler alert, she does end up getting an A, which is great. And that is the dream outcome. And I understand that the contract quote that she made with her parents is that she would get an A in order to race out of state. Let's say hypothetically, she gets a B on the test and therefore a B in the class. What do you think the right outcome is? They hold their guns and she does not get to go qualify for nationals and therefore has to wait a whole year to try again. Or they let her go and try for nationals, even though she got a B. 
Yeah, I mean, she should definitely race. Oh, she should definitely race. I, I, I think there should be other, like, as from a parent's perspective, I worry that if you let her race without there being other consequences outside of the racing, that she's going to then devalue academia, uh, which might be what you want. Like, I don't, fuck if I know, I'm not a parent. I, but I, I think just think that, like, a B is a fine grade. You, you I was like, just, I, be. I was getting really worked up over them being mad at her about having a B on the progress report, which, like, again, that's not even her final grade, but they were really you know, hunkering down and making her study more. And this is after all of moms like, Oh, you're spreading yourself too thin. I was like, if she gets a B and they don't let her race, I'm going to be mad because I agree. One, a B is a fine grade in French that you're probably not going to use that much in the rest of your life. And like, she learns a lot more about life on the racetrack Mm -hmm. than she does in the French classroom. And so Mm -hmm. I was going to be really mad if the parents took away her chance to qualify for nationals for a B Mm -hmm. in French. Luckily, that doesn't happen, and she gets an A, even though she doesn't use the study guide like a moron. No, but she invests a lot of time. She does. Right? She, yeah. The thing about the French thing is, like, it's not even that she, I, again, I think it's really smart that, like, she ends up getting the grade, but, like, the thing that she has given up is all the time she had to study to get that test, right? Like, and to get that grade. And so to her, it's like, I'm sacrificing all of this time and energy to do this test simply so that I can go race this. I, I, I think it's pretty elegant, which is good. But I agree that like the ruling is stupid. Mm-hmm. But also, she could have saved a lot of time by just reading that study. I, I agree. <laughs> you sure. know what I'm saying? Like She could have cut that in quarter. She just mm-hmm. learned that, read that thing. Post-test, she gets the A. Well, we also have this volleyball championship happening where apparently Erica carries the team. Yeah, this was And tough. they have to be there for a race. And the only way that they can get there, uh, I'm sorry, have to be there for the volleyball championship. And the only way to get there is by driving overnight through the night after a race. And she's like, I promise I'll be there to the volleyball team. Spoiler alert, she doesn't make it because the car breaks down. Something out of her control. She arrives at the volleyball championship. They have been decimated because, again, Erica is the only person who knows how to play volleyball on this team. And the team is mad and upset. Todd is there and he seems surly about it. I understand they're trying to show that she has all these things in addition to racing and that she's spread too thin. But doesn't it seem like the one she should give up is volleyball? Yes. Her team is shit. Like, it's only right now that we learn that she carries the whole team. Like, this whole time, it's not like we've had a montage, which would have been easy to do because there's 17 montages of this movie of her running from volleyball practice back to the racetrack, back to study. Like, we could have gotten the Brink montage where he's spreading himself too thin, but, like, it's only right now that we learn that she's the only good person on the team, apparently, and that without her, the team gets crushed in the finals. Like, Mm -hmm. we should have either told me more of that along the way and made volleyball seem maybe not as important as racing to her, but somewhat important. Because they never mention volleyball other than the times that they're in the volleyball court. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I thought that was just gym class. I didn't realize she was actually on the team. Yeah, my initial reaction ultimately was she should either have the French conflict or the volleyball conflict, but not both. That was my, mm-hmm. that was my uh, uh, original read. And then when I see how it pays off, I was like, okay, I'm willing to accept that like, to her, she needs a bunch of things she's sacrificing to make a decision to walk away from the thing that means the absolute most to her, right? Like she needs to be able to say, because of racing, I am not able to go to parties. I am not able to date the guy I want. I have to study all this time and I'm not able to like just 
do well in class or whatever, I miss out and disappoint my team. And like, it, it has to be a stacked deck for her to get to stop racing. Right. And so in that context, I'm good with all of them being included, but my initial read was a hundred percent like this shouldn't be here. And what ultimately comes of it, as you've alluded to Max, is she tells dad, she gives up racing and dad, like he's promised to mom is supportive. Mm-hmm. He's surprised, but he's supportive, uh, which I really liked. And so she's like, okay, you quit racing. Fine. Yeah, I fucking love this moment. Like, I, I probably my favorite dad moment is when she quits. And he's like, cool. Okay, you don't want to do it anymore. You have my full support. Like, absolutely. And it's showcased with this beautiful montage of the juxtaposition sort of mirroring what happened in Act 1 of Dad at the Drag Race and uh, Erica racing on the bike with Erica doing nothing because she doesn't know what to do on the weekends when she doesn't have racing and Courtney and dad now at the track doing the racing. And it culminates with Courtney and dad returning saying that she was missed and Courtney stating the opposite of like, Hey, it's not fun without you there. I might quit too now, which gives weight to the conversation that we've had with Randy in the past of why is Courtney so much better at this than I at her age than I was when I was at her age And Randy's saying, because she's had you, bro. She's had you to teach her and you had nobody. And that brings that moment full circle, which I thought was beautiful. Because now that Courtney doesn't have Erica there, Courtney doesn't want it anymore. And wants to quit because it's not fun. And I think that that was just such a great way of expressing like why this is like an important thing for her. Then... And I think we mentioned it earlier, but now is when Erica gets the A on the French test. And after the A on the French test, she's back to racing. Another moment that it turned on on the head for me is when she tells Todd that she can go on a date with him because she has a lot of time and because she quit racing. And he goes, uh, uh, like he reacts a certain way. He, he, he asks her why she quit. And he seems disappointed. And I wrote down, no, the cute boy does not get to be the reason that she races again, because I was so afraid that she, he was going to say something like, oh, the reason I liked you was because you were so dedicated to this thing, or I mm. thought it was really cool that you raced. And that's why she decided to go back. And that was going to, to me, undercut her passion and excitement for the sport and mm. et cetera, et cetera. And so I was really glad that that is not what happened and that instead she decides to go back for for Courtney and because she realizes this truly is her passion. It was just, I think they just did a really, really good job because Todd, as you mentioned, doesn't overtly say it. He just sort of like has has a reaction. Uh, it's, it's just very well done. So mm-hmm. we go back to the qualifier and ultimately we have Erica qualifies. Erica does qualify for the national. She's going to go for the the junior drag racing national event, but wants to keep racing. And this is when we have the sibling race come to a head that has sort of been planted and seeded throughout this film where Courtney has said over and over and over again, I'll race you. And Erica is very against it for a number of reasons because Erica views this as a lose-lose for her. But Erica wants to run another race. There's nobody else available. Courtney volunteers and it happens. In the first race between Courtney and Erica, Courtney wins. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's this moment where Courtney's like, did you let me win? And Erica's like, no, obviously, why would I do that? And Courtney gives Erica some solid advice of like, you're too tense. You want it too much. You're not having fun anymore. 
you only lose when you want to win or something like that. Like yeah. it, it, she said something like you, the only time you lose is when you like care about winning or something like you freak yourself out. Yeah. Effectively you're psyching yourself mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And gives her some advice of like, just breathe before you hit the start. That's what I do. It's always worked for me. They go back and do a second race. And this is like when you have the announcer very calmly be like, it's a grudge match between the two sisters. <laughs> yeah. Look at these two duke it out. Wow. What an experience, folks. And in this time, Erica takes Courtney's advice and has a perfect start and crushes Courtney. Mm-hmm. And Erica pops out of the, the uh, car, pardon me, and says, did you let me win, Courtney? And Courtney's like, ah, as if. And they have that sort of reverse, you know, the Uno reverse moment between the two mm-hmm. of them. I loved how this was executed. I think they did such a good job of having this sibling bonding moment in the, in the act of racing between Courtney and Erica so that Courtney could give that missing piece of why Erica was struggling so much. Mm-hmm. I thought this was such a beautifully done moment in a decom. I also like that they didn't make it a BO3. Yes. I, I like that they didn't finish the, like, we don't need to know who's better. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's about. It's mm-hmm. not about saying who's going to win the third race. It's about both of them supporting one another, right? Mm-hmm. It's just so, so very, very cool. And I think what we have later on that happens is, you know, we have this moment where we're, we're prepping for nationals. Todd brings a bear for... Yeah, he does. Which I thought was just like... And we have an interesting like Todd-dad interaction moment. Um, Todd's going to cheer from home, which I, again, I think him being the supportive person in this moment, very, very well, like, thank goodness we have that. We don't have conflict here. We don't need conflict here. We just need support. Um, we're at nationals. We have a little girl, Erica fan club, which I thought was so sweet. I like the impact just so well done. Uh, and then we have this, there, there, we, we have this moment where Erica is getting a lot of interview questions about being the only girl there. And I thought this was very well handled by the, by the writing team of her saying like, why is that the only thing you're asking me? I'm a racer just like everybody else here. Why are we focused on the fact that I'm the Mm -hmm. only girl? I liked that too. We have sort of the final, you know, shuddering death throes of sexism in this movie represented by Jordy, Jordy's father. Um, because Erica has been getting nothing but perfect starts. I think they said something like five in a row of perfect starts. Five out of nine or something like that. Some ridiculously high number. It's because she knows exactly when to hit the gas pedal because it's when that guy goes, ha-ha, yeah! (laughs) Ah, you you think that... Mario Kart reference, okay. (laughs) You get it. Lakitu's here. Ha-ha, yeah! (laughs) Yeah, okay. Guess how many times I did that in Super Nintendo World? (laughs) Not zero. (laughs) More than zero. (sighs) Add him Uh, to my repertoire of impressions. (laughs) Yeah. We have um, the... Can they please come to the next <laughs> next time we talk along with uh, yeah, he'll be ja Rule, Rule, RTD2 and, and Pain? We have this Jordy's father come and be like, there's something in the car. You're the techno whiz. So therefore you must have this very intricate technical explanation of like uh, how, to, how to make this mm-hmm. cheating work. They effectively choose Eric of cheat, accuse Eric of cheating rather. And make the race staff deconstruct Erica's car 
and then check it and put it all back together again. Mm-hmm. At the end of which they find no tampering whatsoever. You know what I think is really elegant about this is that she lost to Jordy on a DQ because of a start. And so like, it's a really smart cheating accus- uh, accusation because like the line he didn't say, but could have is like, she literally false started against my kid. Now she's going to race him. And suddenly she has perfect starts. Like it's actually a beautiful accusation because of the way she lost to Jordy. Right? Like it's so smart writing. Like I, I cannot emphasize it enough. Mm. They did a really good job with like just baking stuff into this movie. And I don't think she would ever cheat because she loves racing too much, but she loves winning so much. But we know that she has integrity not to cheat because she won't even read a study guide for a French Mm -hmm. test. So like, it's also baked in that, like she would never even eat, like she would never even conceive of cheating because she, she's not going to cheat on French. She's certainly not going to cheat on the things that she loves. Right. We've seen her step away from that before. Right. She tore it up. Just so well done. Mm -hmm. And then let's add to it because Randy, who is the supportive friend character plays his part so well and does such a good job. He sleeps in the car to make sure that nobody tampers with it overnight. Mm -hmm. Like what a good friend, like bro moment of, of Randy doing that. What also happens that evening is we get a beautiful sister moment. We've not had a lot of these before. Like while Sophie might be an incredible witch, this is why I submit that Courtney's the best sister Mm. is because Courtney wakes up Eric and is like, I just want to let you know, I, the only reason I am racing is because you made it easier for girls to race. I could have Mm. never had the courage to do what you did, Mm. which is something Erica has not heard. I think it's a really impactful moment for Erica and it puts a lot of positive energy and then a good spin on her impact to the drag racing community. Mm. Ultimately, car's not tampered with. This is Molly when we have dad do a subtle jab at mm-hmm. uh, Jordy's dad. Mm-hmm, where he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, the reason that you, th- the reason that we're doing so is because I've got a teenage girl in the car. Mm. Right. Like is his way of being like, stop asking. It's because of the, it's because of the driver, not because of the car. And I thought that was a pretty well done. Uh, might not be as, as punchy as we'd want to see, but it was a really good jab. And then we have the race. It's finals. It comes down to Jordan versus Erica. And she's not just racing Jordy. She's racing sexism. (laughs) We get a Star Wars episode nine, all the force ghosts of the past. Uh We do. I don't don't love that. (laughs) And she nearly false starts again. She doesn't cross the line, so it's still legal, but she nearly false starts again. Mm-hmm. They pull her back, set her up in line, and then instead of getting all the the Sith of the past, mm-hmm. she gets she all gets the, the Jedi. She gets mm-hmm. all the Jedi. She has Qui Gon in her ear, yeah. but but she actually is Courtney telling her to breathe and relax. And this is also when it becomes Fast and the Furious, where they can uh-huh. all communicate without headsets. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Brie Larson, preparing for her future role, says out loud, "Just breathe." Hit the nitrous, and then does I think it. is what yeah. she said. <laughs> God. And then the race takes off. And wouldn't you know it, Erica wins. Of course she does. She takes home the natty. Does. And we get a nice moment of sportsmanship with Jordan with 
Erica at the end of the race where he shakes her hand and says, I can't wait to race you again. She gets that dope looking trophy. And then we learn the fun facts about the Enders family. But mostly let's focus on that incredible looking trophy that she also invites Courtney up on stage to hoist with her. And that is how we wrap. Right on track. Well done. Well done movie here. So I got to know, what do you guys rate this one? We, I think 2003, starting off strong. I give this movie an 8.8. Strong. I strong. think this is a very well done movie. I think th- I'm docking it a couple of points for things that I wish were stronger. I wish that like the mom character played a more um, well-fleshed-out role. I sort of She felt a little bit lost to me in this. I didn't know whether or not she was antagonistic or not. It wasn't ever really clear. Her motives never really were clear to me. I also didn't love some of the inclusion of like the, the, the volleyball thing felt a little bit fumbled to me in some places. I wish that they had tied it in better. I understand why. And we, we talked about it throughout this pod, but I understand why it was included. And I think it's good that it was, but I think that it felt fumbled a little bit like the French class did. I just wish that it had been given a little bit more weight and meaning. Didn't take away from the fact that it was impactful, but it just, it felt a little fumbled. Um, but overall, a solid movie. I think they handled it well. I think that all of the themes worked very well together. It had smart writing in a lot of places. 8.8. I had written out 8.5 because I think it is very well done. I thought the themes went together very well. I actually really liked Erica and Courtney as as the main characters or the main character in the secondary character i thought it was i love a sports film like it has to be pretty bad for me to disparage a sports film of any sport and um overall i enjoyed it 9.5 nice whoa yeah i i don't think it's a surprise i've been singing this movie's praises the whole time we've been talking i find myself that like if i ask myself what's a 10 for a decom right we have only given one right for the color friendship and even that movie was not without some criticism, right? And so if I ask myself, like, what is that bar? I, I find myself only saying, like, I don't really love the Randy thing, but there's good in in, in even that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't love, I, I agree, Alan, that, like, I don't love mom's role, but I love that she didn't get in the way and that, like, the things I expected from mom actually swerved and gave me something different. And to be honest, we talk a lot about how, like, you can't develop too many characters. And I think I'm happy that they went deep with dad and Courtney and Erica. And maybe it's OK that mom isn't there. I think for mom, the thing that's weird is like, again, the injury concern maybe should have happened seven years ago. But that's not when the movie takes place. And so I don't know that that's a fault of the film, right? Like I agree that there are moments that I was like, well, when I first was watching, it was like, I, maybe this is an unnecessary, but as the movie played out, I ultimately thought it was, it was good for the plot. And so the movie is not without faults, but when I compare it to like decoms that we've watched, mm-hmm. it's fucking great. Like it's just really good. Um, which I'm so like pleasantly surprised by because I hadn't seen this movie and I came out of it being like, I think that movie is one of the best ones we've seen. Um, And I didn't know that, right? Like when I look at our score sheet, uh, our highest rated movie 
outside of outside of the color of the friendship is smart house right and i have so much nostalgia for smart house and so for me to feel so positively about a movie i don't have nostalgia for i'm, I'm really pleasantly surprised it's just such i think this is a decom that all three of us would happily recommend mm-hmm. yeah. to somebody and that i truly think is pretty rare for us is to sit down and be like, as not even maybe as a decom, but just as like a movie, if you want to see what decoms are about, this is a pretty good representation of what decoms could be about. Because at their best. At their yeah, best. I was like, you're going to be disappointed a, after this one. Yeah, yeah at, It's uh, not a great representation of decoms, let me be clear. It's what they can, they can aspire to be. Especially yeah. if you compare it to something like the... Uh, something like double teamed, which is also based on a true story and done poorly. And then you have this, which is based on a true story and done exceedingly well. So it's just, I well, think it's, it's a really, really neat thing. And it's interesting to compare it to motocrossed, right? Which I think played on a lot of the same themes, but I don't think was as effective. So here's what we had from IMDb. The title of this review is just simply great movie. I sure. watched this movie with my eight-year-old daughter, and we both loved it. We actually watched it twice, and now she wants to learn all she can about Erica Enders and watch all kinds of racing on TV. My, my daughter and I both sat on the edge of our seats while watching, and this is a movie that you can let your child watch and not be worried about the message. This movie is one that can be used to teach girls that they can be anything they want to be. Don't just not do something. Whoo, there we go. We got there. Mm. Because you are a girl and trying to do something in an all-male field. Mm. I hope that Disney puts this movie to video. I would definitely buy it and watch it all over again with my daughter and would make sure that my nieces saw it as well. What a wonderful story. It's mm. nice. Hard agree. Listener, if you haven't watched this one as in, in this decom journey, this is one. Go watch. Check it out. Check it out. It's this worth it. One. Okay, what do we have up next on the docket here, folks? The Even Stevens movie. Hey. Shia LaBeouf is back. This is his third time. We got Shia LaBeouf back. We got Chris CCR Ano back. CCR, yeah. We got uh, AJ Troth from uh, You Wish is in this one. We got uh, Eric Ty Hodges from Don't Look Under the Bed. This is a fucking community theater reunion Whoa, right now. It really is. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is one of those that I can say that I confidently did see. I remember the Even Stevens movie. I'm sure I saw it because I watched Even Stevens, but as of this moment, I have no recollection of this film. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a, doing a little re- revisit here. It's going to be exciting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Zia Slapitas. Please like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to give us a rating and a review. It really does help us out. Follow us on all of our social medias at Mammoth Club or at Mammoth underscore club and join the conversation on Discord if you would like to. Until next time, thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.